We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, what up, what up? A breaking news, Green with Envy edition. Drew Holiday is now a Boston Celtic. This is Will Weir. We got Greg Manakis. We got Adam Taylor. It's the three-man weave. It's all hands on deck. The sirens are going off. Guys, apparently just having a normal training camp eve, apparently that's just not a thing with the Celtics anymore. Back-to-back years, Drew Holiday, to the Celtics, Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, 2024 Golden State first top four protected, 2029 unprotected Celtics pick to the Blazers. Woj reported this. Let's go around the horn. Adam, we'll start with you, then we'll go to Greg. Just, just give me your initial reaction just happened moments ago. Yo, this team is deep. It is stacked now. Uh, it sucks to lose Rob. Brogdon was clearly on the chopping block anyway. There was obviously a lot of discussion there about whether he was happy or whatnot. The first-round picks are fine. If you if you end up having to rebuild further down the line, you trade some stars, you get first-round picks in return. To me, this was a, a great deal. I think that Brad Stevens has made excellent decisions all through the offseason, apart you know, apart from Grant. I, I'm stoked. This re- If you didn't think the Celtics were favorites before, they are now. Yo, I I'm I'm definitely hurting that we lost Rob because I love Rob, one of my favorite Celtics players that we've had, you know, homegrown talent. Rob Williams, we had the hoodie and all that, but I just think when you get a chance to get Drew Holiday, who's Marcus Smart times two, right? He's just like everything the Celtics got out of Marcus Smart, you're gonna get that level of defensive player plus a lot more on the offensive end, and also a guy that's just going to understand his role a little bit better than Marcus. We're not going to have Drew trying to like take over games down the stretch, but you're bringing in an all-NBA defensive player, an upgrade from Marcus Smart, getting rid of Malcolm Brogdon that we needed to get rid of because he was clearly feeling some type of way, a little bit of a malcontent after we... I mean, rightfully so, we tried to trade him, um, but we did trade him. We got Drew Holiday... Our starting lineup of Derek White, Drew Holiday, the Jays, and Porzingis. That means Al's probably coming off the bench now, but he's going to have to accept that. But that starting five's got to be the best starting five in the NBA right now. So I agree with that last part you made. Y- y- y'all are making me feel a little bit better because I'm going to be honest. I I don't 
hate this trade, but I don't love it nearly as much as, as I feel like y'all are giving me right now. So I'm glad to kind of talk this through. Drew Holiday, Greg, you and I have said for, for a long time to the dismay of certain certain members of uh, you know Celtics Nation, Drew Holiday has been better than Marcus Smart for, for many years, right? He's, he's a better version of Marcus Smart. And so in that regard, you know, obviously Brogdon for Holiday, that's that's a win. Second time's a charm. Tried to trade Brogdon once, didn't work out. Trade him the second time, it goes through. And so that's clearly a win. But I do, I am a little bit worried, Rob, on, you know, when he plays, he outplays the value of that contract pretty immensely, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's still here for, I think, another three, I think it was three more years, 10 million, yep. 10 to 11 million each. So th- that was a really nice contract to have in your back pocket. You know, the 2024 Golden State first, you know, we've talked a little bit about this offseason. Hey, that's a sneaky good pick. And you can see the value that it clearly had for the Blazers. Any unprotected pick, you know, that far down the line, you just never know what's going to happen. So I agree that starting lineup. And by the way, this is clearly an indication that Stevens is all in on Missoula ball versus, you know, where Brad kind of liked having those those double bigs. Missoula clearly not as in favor. And this team was going to gear towards a lot of double bigs. Now, where you put Porzingis in that starting lineup, you move Al to the bench, and then you got to worry a little bit more about that depth and that that front court behind that, which we'll get to here. But for me, I do think this is a lot for Drew Holiday. I think the two for one, like I said, uh, you know, earlier in the week when Adam and I did the breaking news about Dame going to to the Bucks, I thought the two for one with Rob and Malcolm was was a little too rich for my blood, and then giving up two first round picks. So I I think this is a lot for Drew Holiday, who I like. So I'm a little skeptical, but I am excited to see where this goes because that's starting five, like you said, Greg. Hard to find a better starting five in the NBA right now. Well, Drew Holiday was going somewhere. Right. So sure. Drew Holiday was going somewhere. He could have gone to the Heat. He could have gone to the Warriors. There are all these other teams that are out there bidding for his services. So you also have to factor in like the idea that where we kept Drew Holiday away from other teams. We've added him to our team. I totally agree that the two picks, you know, the unprotected 2029, who we'll see what happens with that. That Golden State pick, you know, they're a little bit long in the tooth. If they have a rough year, if Chris Paul gets hurt early on, if um, if Clay Thompson doesn't bounce back to like closer to what we saw out of Clay, even in the finals a couple of years ago, I don't know what the Warriors are going to be. So that top four protected, Will, you said a top four protected? Yeah, I the mean, Warriors one, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that that's definitely a, a huge asset. Rob's the thing that hurts to me, just like pulling on the heartstrings because we lost Marcus, who I loved. I absolutely, you know, Celtics Nation adored Marcus Smart. Rob Williams was the guy that we all kind of could dream on a little bit. The all-NBA defensive potential out of him. Um, just, you know, the, the alley-oops, the highlight plays that we see out of Rob. Um, it's going to hurt to lose him. But getting Drew, man, like the fact that we have Drew Holiday – to go like the 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 veteran presence that he brings a guy that's won in nba finals he can lock down some of the best uh per- perimeter players in namely damian lillard of the bucks <laughs> i mean him and Derek white you know we saw it out of marcus and, and Derek white they could they could definitely do their thing on the defensive end but drew's an even better defender than marcus is at the point of attack. Like Marcus is probably a little bit more uh, switchable, a little bit more rim protection, some of those like highlight plays. But Drew, just his ability, if we're going to, I would imagine we're going to go to like a full drop coverage here, Drew chasing over the top, very similar to what you saw out of Milwaukee 
um, with Holiday, which just kind of funnel everything towards Brook Lopez and Giannis in the middle. We're going to see that a lot. And Porzingis is going to be there sitting and drop in the middle of the paint. You're going to see Drew Holiday chasing people over screens, trailing from behind. He's one of the best in the business. Um, if, if, if you're like kind of a casual NBA fan, hardcore Celtics fan, but casual NBA fan, you haven't seen like a ton of Drew Holiday clips. Like you're going to be reminded a lot of the way that he navigates screens like Avery Bradley used to navigate screens, like his ability to anticipate where someone is going, um, especially driving to their left. He's great at just kind of like jumping out over the pick and knocking the ball away. He, he's, he's an unbelievable piece, man. So I'm super excited. Will, I think you'll get on board eventually when you when you see like the top level talent. But I, I think, Adam, I would love to hear just like your your thoughts on losing Rob and what that means uh, to the defense. Yeah, so first of all, I do agree with Will in terms of, you know, you've got top-level talent now, top six, maybe top seven guys are all all-star level or just below. Then you get really, really shallow after that seventh position. I think that's fine. You're gonna only going to run an eight-man rotation in the postseason anyway. There's a lot of developmental guys that you can try and build up throughout the regular season. You've still got Jose, you've got Svi, you've got some shooting, you've bought in. Maybe you keep Lamar Stevens now, so then you've got that extra defense on the wing. In terms of what Drew brings and how they're going to run the defense, it's going to be, I'm expecting to see some more zone. I think that we kind of got an indication from that during the summer league. Uh, I think that, you know, when you look at the success Miami's had running zone, when you look at the length and the screen navigation that you've got across that Celtic starting five, plus their six, seven guys, there's enough there so you can pinch in and funnel guys or you can really look to stifle people off the dribble on the perimeter. If you're just going straight switching and like switch one through four, five drop, as you were kind of speaking about where KP is going to be in drop, you're going to be fine. There's length, there's athleticism. Drew is an absolute pit bull defensively, one of the best point of attack guys in the league at the guard position. And he gives you something offensively as well, right? I think that what you start to worry about is where the Celtics have had strength recently is having guys being able to come off their bench. One of the biggest upswings of Malcolm Brogdon was the fact that you had that scoring off the bench. You had that additional ball handler. That's kind of gone now. But at the same time, the last few years when the Celtics have had a deep team, if you look back to the Kyrie Irving, Marcus Morris, Gordon Hayward roster, when they were the air quote deepest team in the league, mm -hmm. didn't amount to shit. Yeah. You look at last season, one of the deepest teams in the league, didn't amount to shit. So now it's a, it's a complete change in construction in the way you're rebuilding your team. Your roster construction seems to have changed. Starting five is arguably the most talented. Start top seven guys, arguably some of the most talented rotation in the NBA. I'm confident, man. I don't think giving up Rob was great, but I also don't think it was bad when you look at his injury history. There's no guarantee he's going to be healthy when the postseason comes. No guarantee Malcolm Brogdon's going to repeat that health from last year either. And then draft picks when you're a contending team are literally just, you know, I've said this many a times, you sell people on the dream rather than the mm -hmm. reality. So and I, listen, I'm happy. We, we've asked about, you know, is this ownership group going to spend? They're, they're certainly spending right now, right? And there, there's already reports that Drew Holiday had the Celtics on a list of teams he was hoping to be dealt with, or dealt to, I should say, and that there could be extension talks. He's a player option for $37 million next year. Uh, man, I'm looking through some of the timeline right now. Friend of the show, Chris Forsberg, just interviewed Rob Williams this morning. 
at 8 a.m. talking about the upcoming season. You know, shout out to everybody in the chat here. Media Day is literally tomorrow. Is Drew Holiday? I don't know if you guys saw Dame. I don't think he's going to get the Dame welcome. Like if you guys saw that in Milwaukee where he had a literal parade walking down <laughs> the street. But, you know, things are moving really quickly here. And, you know, I'm still blown away just trying to process this as everybody else is that's in the chat right now that the Celtics really have a starting lineup with Drew Holiday and Derek White and the Jays, Chris Porzingis, Al Horford. And, you know, Adam, you talked about kind of losing that third ball handle. I mean, honestly, this is kind of a, a good spot for Drew Holiday, right? He's going to be out there in that starting lineup where JT and Derek White are going to handle the ball primarily. But, you know, Holiday's going to be fine to do that with the second unit, right? Or be as they start to stagger whatever minutes there is between White and Holiday, Pritchard's still going to be in the mix. So this is going to allow Holiday to be, you know, we've seen him up close and personal when things went wrong for the Bucks is when he had to jump in and be the number two scoring component for the Bucks behind Giannis. He's never going to have to do that. He's going to be fourth or fifth at times of being asked to score. And then this is something I know you're going to love, Greg. He's just going to get to roam around and be a dog. Mm -hmm. He is going to just be unleashed defensively being surrounded by the Jays, by Derek White who's another all NBA defender. Chris Stapps and Al, who was one of the leading shot blockers in the postseason on that back line, using Al against bigger bodies like Giannis, like you know, Joel Embiid. Holiday is going to have a lot of freedom defensively to just, to just cause havoc all across the court. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, the, the defensive potential is crazy. One thing I was wondering as you guys were talking, you know, we're assuming the starting lineup is going to be White, Holiday, the Jays, and Porzingis. Is there any world in which either Derek White or Drew Holiday comes off the bench in that six-man role and keeping Al Horford there so you can still go double big if, if you want to? Because the Porzingis-Horford front court with the Jays, I think one of the things that excited me about getting Porzingis was just like the sheer size on the court for the Celtics, right? And if you have seven, three, six, nine, six, nine, six, 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 four, six, five, 
right? That's that's really what you're looking at with your top six guys. That's just absolutely huge. And you know, Drew coming into the team, Derek White came came onto the Celtics, and it was Marcus Smart's team, right? And he kind of like took a backseat to Smart a little bit. Came off the bench initially with the team, eventually worked his way into the starting lineup. So I'm wondering if there's any world in which we see Holiday either come off the bench or Derek White be moved to that six-man role because we are losing a lot with Malcolm Brogdon being gone, as as Adam alluded to. Like We don't have that scoring punch off the bench. That's a lot to ask out of Peyton Pritchard. Maybe with this two-for-one trade, right, there, there's going to be another roster spot that you know somebody could come in. Um, has Austin Rivers signed anywhere yet? So that's that's another hard pass on Austin Rivers. Well, dude. even if it's not him, there's a camp. Once again, should we campaign, campaign. for campaign? Is the campaign for campaign back on? <laughs> you know, so we there, there will be some options, and do I, and so I think at least depth wise, you know, at the guard spot, and now even at the big man spot, you might look to. I mean, there's not a lot left out there. Bismack Biombo, anybody? Nerlens Noel? That's kind of what's left from you know from a big man perspective. But that's also something that could potentially be addressed later in the season. Maybe buyouts. You know, you have you have Luke Cornett. You know, you'll you'll have a few options. Maybe Blake Griffin, who's re- was thinking about retirement. Maybe you can get him to to reconsider at this point. Now there'll be certainly some more minutes open. Um, but yeah, that's something that the Celtics are going to have to going to have to address right now. It's a, you know coming up here as we wrap our heads around everything that's changing. I want to. Sorry, I've got my timeline going crazy right now, and I want to ask you guys this because it's driving me insane, and I don't know which way to kind of lean into this. Do you think the Celtics have a weaker front line now? Oh, I, I think that's unquestionable. Yeah. Do you think it's okay? So the way I want to put this word, this is a lot of people are unhappy that Rob's been traded as part of this deal. Mm-hmm. It's a weak front line because Robbie's gone. Right yeah. now, my counterpoint is I feel like it's still a stronger front line with Horford there because Horford is more consistently healthy. So are you asking, do I feel better that it's Rob Williams in the trade versus? Yeah, Al basically, Horford? yeah. And okay. you can, and then like you know, you were just talking about Nerlens Noel, Bismarck Biombo. We know that Blake Griffin's considering yeah. retirement, so that big man kind of rotation is a bit thin. Obviously, we, everyone's kind of forgetting Luke Cornett's there, and that's. Mm-hmm. Indicative of the production you get from him, if you forget, and he's an eighty-two roster. game guy, right? Like Luke yeah. Cornett, you can get by with him you for get you know, stretches in the regular. You season. want a bit That's more? Fine. Fine. I mean, we did, it, yeah. we did, because Rob only played like thirty-five games last year, or whatever. Yeah, it was. Right. he missed the first twenty-nine, and then he was out for a stretch again. And like, this is my reasoning behind it, right? Like when I say this team got deeper, I'm talking about top-level talent. Mm-hmm. The, the top-level talent, yeah. They're, they're they're okay. That's a good uh, kind of clarification, right? The depth at the top end definitely got stronger at the back end, which, you know, ultimately this is going to come down to, as we saw with the bucks last year, you know, Giannis got hurt in round one and you know, that's, that was their season, right? So it's going to come down to health. So if your top six, the Celtics have are healthy in the playoffs, let's go. Who, who, who you want to roll out there? I'll roll out there with, with that Celtics team. So I, I think to your question, Adam, you know, the front line is definitely thinner and a little bit weaker, but Robert Williams versus Al Horford. Now, I think part of this is, you know, obviously the age. Rob Williams is much more appealing for the Blazers than Al Horford. Yeah. That's just another because they're probably going to flip Brogdon. I would assume is probably their next move. So that their haul for Dame Lillard just keeps growing and growing. And by the way, they're they're doing a pretty damn good job with what they've got back right now, and they're going to keep going probably with Brogdon. But now you've got double down with Rob Williams and De- DeAndre Ayton. That's a that's a really nice pairing, you know, for the Blazers. But from a Celtics perspective, I think. 
especially as you now look to holidays here for this year. He's got a player option at the end of this year, and then you're going to start to Jalen Brown Supermax is going to kick in. You're going to sign Jason Tatum next offseason to his. That will start the year after. You know, I think in this next two-year window, this is a very important two-year window for the Celtics to really – they basically they have to win championship these next two years or that third going into that third season, I would expect a lot of change because it's going to get too expensive – too crowded, and you'll see a lot of movement. So to justify that, they have to win a title in these next two years. So this has to be, you know, kind of the focus. And that's where I think Al Horford over Rob actually makes sense. One, from availability, and two, from the people that you need Al to guard, whether that's Giannis, whether that's Embiid, whether that's Nikola Jokic. We've seen that, you know, he's the guy that's going to be up for that task versus Rob, who you don't even know if his availability is going to be there. And he's a ceiling raiser. But Al Horford's going to be the guy that we've seen we can rely on. So it's a two-year gamble. It's it's high risk, high reward. But it's you know Brad Stevens is is putting it all on the line right now. Yeah, and with Horford, he gives you a little bit more on the offensive end, right? Horford's going to be able to stretch the floor. We talked about how um, this trade is kind of going all in on Missoula Ball, uh, just being able to have everybody on the court that can dribble, pass, and shoot. And I think you know Rob was the one real rim running threat on the team. Uh, try to say that five times fast. Uh, it, it's just like, I think without Horford on the team, there's, it, it, it would have been a lot to ask out of Rob to one, be healthy for a majority of the season. And two, to Will's point, just to be able to guard some of the bigger guys in the league. There are a lot of bruisers in the league that Rob's put on some weight, he's put on some muscle over the years, but he, you know, he's still a little bit of, of a string bean and, and Horford, you know, Uncle Al has got that old man strength. He's going to be able to bang with Embiid. To Will's point, like we have to have our eye on the Nuggets. And the Nuggets probably are going to make it out of the West. You know, it's either the Nuggets or the Suns. I would imagine it's going to be the Nuggets again. Um, that's another team that Drew Holiday could have gone to. He could have gone to the Nuggets, you know, and like maybe a Michael Porter mm-hmm. for a Drew Holiday deal. And now we have Drew Holiday. If you like think about how we match up against the Nuggets, right? I think we're clearly the favorites in the East now. Um, the Bucks got to be like kicking themselves. Like, God damn it, we just traded for Dame. Can you believe they just now, got Dame and then their ace defender goes to their number one rival? Like, right, because it's the high to the low of that in 48 hours. Because you got to think about like, we'll get back to the Nuggets in a second, but there's no way if the if it was like a three team deal and then like Lillard goes to the Bucks, Holiday goes to the Celtics, and the Celtics send out stuff. The Trailblazers, there's no way the Bucks do that deal. They're like, no, we're not helping, helping the Celtics out, <laughs> yeah. like making sure they get Drew Holiday. And then it just happens. They took that risk. And now Drew Holiday is going to be able to one, guard Dame Lillard, and two, just like have a reason to really get up for that series against the Bucks. All of the, the knowledge that he's going to be bringing about player tendencies and all that. Uh, they, they, they got a new coach. So, like, some of the s- systemic stuff w- won't be quite as, uh, as valuable. But, you know, back to the Nuggets, man. Having Holiday be able to shut down a Jamal Murray, like the the Murray Jokic pick and roll is the most unstoppable play mm-hmm. in NBA basketball today, right? And the fact that we have Holiday to to chase Murray over the screens with Jokic and all that, I'm I think that we match up well against the other contenders in the league now because we got Drew Holiday. And it all comes back down to that top end talent, right? Like that, I feel like that's kind of where we're all we're going to keep rotating back to. We match up better in terms, well, sorry, the Celtics match up better in terms of all the contenders because they have the talent now to put out a literal elite starting five. And it does feel like, as Will said, there's a two year championship window here. It does feel like 
there's a legitimate chance they'd go one of two, two of two. Like they're going to be there or thereabouts. Now, I do think this puts a lot of pressure on Joe Mazzula. Like you have a team that's built around your system of basketball. You have your own coaching staff now. And what's funny? Uh, I'm just like thinking about how much trust we're putting in Joe Mazzula. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I thought there was a comment. I'm just like, you have, you've been given everything. If you fail now, like you might not be here in a year's time because there's so much money invested now. So many assets have been invested. Players that the fans had an affinity towards, players that the organization had invested millions of dollars into developing. All of these assets have been invested into this two-year window. Yeah. If Missoula doesn't succeed in this first year, there may have to be a change because you need to maximize that investment. Yeah. Otherwise, you do risk losing one of your top stars. And that's the drum I'm going to be beating all season now is that this is a two-year window because it the numbers are going to be gaudy when you look at it two years down the road when both JT and JB have their maxes kicking in. You got $30 million for Porzingis. We'll see what happens with Holiday. Derek White becomes extension eligible or, or maybe already is actually. I know it's coming up. Um, so you've got a lot of big decisions, six guys that are going to take up the majority of those contracts. And, you know, to shake that up, like you said, Adam, that could be a coaching thing. So for Joe Missoula, you know, it, there's a lot of pressure to get it right with these new assistants, with Charles Lee, with Sam Cassell. And, you know, if, if the Celtics get off to, you know, and if they have any stretch of the season where it gets rocky, there's going to be a lot of pressure. The media is going to be asking those questions. And, you know, I think this year, you know, obviously you want to win a championship every year, but if the Celtics don't win the championship this year, going into next year, good God, that's a, a pressure pot just waiting to explode if that's going to happen. So this is really the year where you kind of have some grace, but you really need to to get it done this year if you want to feel confident about the long-term aspects because the, the Celtics just put their a lot of eggs into this two-year window. Look, man, the last time a team traded for Drew, they won a chip. That's all I'm saying. And it wasn't going to be the Blazers. <laughs> <laughs> also, well, the second but last time. Uh, so my my question to you guys is just like fun uh, water cooler talk. Is this the most talented Celtics team we've seen? You know, since since the eighties. Is this more talented than the 0708 team? I think it's more versatile, just because the game's more versatile. If we want to class versatility as something that's indicative of a high level of talent, then we have to say, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Adam mentioned it. Basically, if you look at that top six, most of them are, are you know, we have Jason Tatum's a superstar, Jalen Brown's an all-star, Chris Tapps Porzingis is a star, Holiday's probably in that same category as a star, Derek White and Al Horford are, you know, I mean, I've seen some people predict Derek White, probably not going to happen now with all the way that the roster has filled out, but making bold predictions that he could sneak an all-star appearance is a little bit of a stretch, but he's just below that top-tier you know, high-end role player, same with Al Horford. So I, I think from that perspective, especially when you think about, you know, looking at that 07 team, that 08 team, you know, that was before Rondo really became Rondo, right? Rondo turned into Rondo more, you know, the next two to three years. And so when you look at it from that perspective, then you got Perk, you got Posey. Like, I think this has to be, from a high-end level, the the most talent the Celtics have had at, at at this level, at that with with those top tier guys, yeah, because Rondo, to to your point, well, he was still he was still figuring it out very mm -hmm. much in that in that first year. You know, there were a lot of plays that R Rondo. I, one play that stands out to me, like 
in the finals for whatever reason or in the in the Eastern Conference uh, finals and in the finals, Rondo kept throwing these like weird like lollipop passes to try to get it into the post. And every time he would do that, it just like drive me crazy. He had a couple like really highlight plays, but they're, you know, one of our best lineups was Rondo off the court and it was Eddie House, you know, yeah, playing points. So, so it was, you know, Eddie House, um, the big three and Posey was one of our best lineups. So um, you know, the role players, I think that 0708 team had some spectacular role players like Eddie House, like a James Posey. I'm really wondering how much Peyton Pritchard is gonna play this year. You know, that that was one thing that he was he was beating the drum for last year. He he wanted to be on the court. Trade me if I'm not on the court. And now, you know, he's pretty much in the same same boat as last year, except, you know, he, he's probably the third guard now. I just don't know with the other versatility that the Celtics might be able to throw out there, how much Pritchard actually sees the court. Well, let's because do this. Gonna, let, let, let's, let, let's go through it because we have, we know what that top six is, right? So we, we don't know exactly what that starting line is going to be, but we know who that top six is definitively. Mm -hmm. For me, the next guy that I think is pretty much guaranteed to get some playing time is Hauser. I think Hauser is going to just, just as far as like, you know, uh, being that knockdown three-point shooter, creating that spacing. Greg, you mentioned we, we've lost some of the vertical spacing. Maybe Porzingis can make up for that, obviously, so that that's part of that replacement with Rob going out. And then after that, then you get down to, you know, Pritchett's going to be in the mix. You've got, you know, I think O'Shea Brissett now all of a sudden as a, you know, quote-unquote power forward type role. Him and Tatum are going to spend a lot of time there. Cornette, we mentioned before, he'll get some center minutes, but I, I would expect Pritchett to still get run. Maybe it's a little bit less, but I would, I'm still expecting him to be to be in the mix at least to start the season. What do you I think? think? I mean, for me, it's I'm expecting him to get minutes depending on how the rotations go. Right. So you put two... If you go Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, you play Pritchard. If you have... One of those, sorry, not Malcolm Brockton, Derek Ward, Drew Hunter, you play <laughs> If you have it, dude, have it. If you go Derek White starts, Drew off the bench, Pritchard's minutes drop. I think that if we're expecting Sam Hauser to play because of the floor spacing he brings, then Pritchard should have a role to play. Now, he wanted a consistent role. He didn't say he wanted a big role. What he said he was, what he said was, I want consistent minutes where I feel like I'm contributing to winning. Well, six minutes a night is consistent if you get it every game. You know what I mean? I, I feel like he's definitely going to have a role. How big of a role that is will depend on the changes that happen in Missoula's system. If they go to a more defensive first mentality, Pritchard plays less because he, you know, mm -hmm. he, he tries hard, but he just doesn't have the physical tools to be a high-level defender. If they go offensive-minded, the same as we saw last year, and they really live and die by the three, which... To be fair, I will be infuriated by if that happens. Um, Pritchard plays a ton. Probably six man of the year type guy. Do you know what I mean? Not in terms of production, but in terms of minutes. Because that he can he can shoot the shit out of the ball. I think it's all relative to what we're going to see rotation-wise, schematic-wise. If he plays a ton, then Summit should be wrong because you've just acquired another all-star guard. What would you say is the biggest X factor now? Now that we got Drew Holiday coming into the season, what's the biggest X factor coming into this season? Porzingis health. I was going to say other than health, right? Because I think health is 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 kind of the given. So if we're going other than health, are you asking what's the biggest like who's the biggest X factor as a player? You can take it where you want. Mm, that's a great question. 
you know, I mean, I, I do think that that depth is is kind of a, a question now because if, if we're talking about their top six, we feel fantastic about, you know, only five guys can be on the court at one time. It's only one guy that's off it that you're like that, you know, you're not going to be having questions for. So, you know, I think for me, I think still when you look at Holiday White and, and Pritchard as like your top three, if you're just breaking it down to guards, wings and bigs, I feel great about those as my top three guards. Like I'm very happy in that department. I think on the wings, I think it's still kind of similar to last year, actually. It's the wings, right? Like, you know, whatever support you have below Tatum and Brown. So for me, it's going to be that Hauser, Stevens, Brissett group, right? Mm-hmm. But I think at least two out of those three guys you need to feel like you can play them in big spots. And, you know, we saw some some moments from Hauser last year where we felt relatively confident, uh, but this is going to be about Missoula and the coaching staff and, and depending on, you know, the, the versatility of who the matchup is against, that they can play two out of those three guys on most nights. Playoffs will be different, but in those big spots, at least two out of those three guys have to contribute from the wing slash, you know, playing up a little bit as well. They've got to be contributors. So that, that's where I think I would go. How about you, Adam? I'm going... I'm going Jason Tatum after dribble shooting as my X factor. Mm-hmm. I think that's an area he struggled with for the last three, four seasons, if not his entire career. If he's going to be handling the ball more, he's going to need to be scoring after dribble more. I think an X factor is can he shoot 45 to 50% or, you know, for between 39 and 43% if we want to be realistic after dribble. We know he can knock him down after catch. But now he's going to have a, a more prominent on-ball role. That to me is a big X factor. If Tatum can consistently hit knockdown jumpers after dribble, yeah, man, I think that's a big X factor because that could be that could be the difference between a tight game and you know a nice comfortable victory. Yeah, I just saw somebody put in the comments getting Reggie Bullock. Reggie I like Bullock that just got bought out. I know, Will, you're a big Reggie Bullock guy. So tell me, what why do you, why do you want Reggie Bullock? What do you think he he's going to bring to this squad? I mean, I just think he's a comp like Adam, you've been big on this point on the offseason when it comes to Brissett, Stevens, like these guys are great defensively, but they can't shoot. Right. And what is one thing we know Joe Missoula wants to do? He wants the Celtics to shoot more threes than the other team. Now, maybe he adjusts that philosophy. Well, Reggie Bullock's a guy that can defend and he can shoot threes. So it seems like this is kind of the the best of both worlds. And, you know, he's a seventh, eighth, ninth man. That, that's kind of, you know, the the slot that Reggie Bullock should be in. He's been a starter in Dallas kind of off and mm-hmm. on the last, last couple of years. So probably playing up in what his role should be. So you bring him to a team like this, I would feel, like I said, for me, the Hauser, Stevens, Brissett, like two out of those three got to be able to play. Reggie Bullock feels plug and play to me if he's someone that's that's willing to come. And that would actually be, you know, Tatum, Brown, and then and then Bullock in there when needed. I like that a lot. That would make me feel very, very comfortable. And then having the other guys kind of below that as insurance as well. So for mm. me, Bullock, the three and D would fit perfectly with this team. Do you think if they land Bullock, they have with the depth that they have then with the talent that they have do you think they have a chance now rob has gone so there's less competition for those minutes in the big man spot do you think you have a chance of talking blake griffin out of retirement yeah i would love to see blake i would love to see him back you know i I think it makes a lot of sense especially you know losing grant and the positional defense that Blake Griffin is still able to provide against against the Giannis because uh, we're still you know Milwaukee is going to be that other team in the east that we got to get through and Blake has guarded Giannis well in the past so I, I do think Blake makes a lot of sense if it came down to Reggie Bullock versus Blake Griffin if we had to choose between one or the other I would probably go Reggie Bullock um, even though like Blake Griffin provides that the depth at the front court I still think that Cornette can can offer us something 
you know, 82 games. When we get to the playoffs, you're going to see a ton of Jason Tatum at the four anyway. Yeah. So I, I think it doesn't really matter. Tatum, his, I mean, losing Rob definitely hurts rim protection. Tatum showed some weak side chops, you know, rim protection last year. So I'm excited to see what what that means for Tatum now that Rob's gone and to yeah. see how, how we unleash him on the defensive end. Because one of the big things with Tatum that we, we always like to do was to put him on guards and, because of his length, right? He was really good at chasing over the screen and just being long. He doesn't have to do that anymore. That's Drew Holiday's job. That it, Drew Holiday is the best point of attack defender in the entire NBA. Jason Tatum was a little bit better than smart just because of his length at you know, guard and pick and rolls with shooters. So I think, I do think that Jason Tatum's weak side defense might be an X factor for me this year. Do you know what I just thought of, guys? What a bad week for the Heat. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> what God, a you imagine bad, what a brutal heat. Can you imagine if we heat. saw them in the playoffs and they somehow fucking beat us with this that, Okay, that oh. was the other thought I was having is there's absolutely zero fucking excuse at this point to lose to the Heat. They've lost two out of their five starters. They didn't get Dame. They didn't get Holiday. If we can't beat whatever G League surprise that they find <laughs> to throw at us now, we I might just have to quit the podcast. I don't, I don't think I can cover this team anymore if, if, if they still find a way to not beat the Heat. But what a bad beat of a week for the Heat, man. That That is rough to see your two biggest competitors go get the guy you want. And then a guy who I would assume they were in didn't really seem like it from reports that they were really in for, I guess the Blazers, they knew what they had and didn't really want what the, what the heat were offering. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a bad week for them. Um, any other final thoughts you guys have here before we, we start to wrap up? I just think this makes the East so top heavy. Now it's Bucks and Celtics and like nobody else matters. It's collision course. Yeah. It's Bucks and Celtics. Nobody else in the Eastern conference matters now. Um, in the West, I think it's three teams. I think you're looking at the Nuggets, the Lakers, and the Suns. I think those are the three teams. Right so, off the Warriors? Yeah, I can't write off the Warriors. I dude, when you compare their roster to to what the Lakers have, what the Nuggets have, and and just yeah, like I know. we saw an eight seed go to the NBA finals last season, though, and this team has <laughs> but who, so much like, more experience. Who, what would be an X factor for the Warriors besides just their continuity to get to the finals? Like, I feel like Say what? Chris Paul? Yeah, I mean, dude, he's fucking 38, 39 years old. And he I mean, Steph's their X Factor. He for, looked forever and all. Chris Paul is definitely washed. washed. Yeah. He's, moving to, he's moving to Brogdon territory right now. He's just going to be six, man. I don't know. I think that I don't see them as championship favorites, but I do see them as like part of that four, you know, 14 contending mm-hmm. status. I, I just refuse to overlook them until Steph retires, at which point I can That's forget fair. they exist. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I just think the the size that the Lakers have, you know, the fact that they yeah. got Christian Wood at the minimum, like, you fucking kidding me? Like, that that's great AD insurance just for the regular mm-hmm. season, right? And then they they can rest AD when when they need to. But you know, with the with the Celtics in the East, it's just Celtics Bucks, and then those three teams. If you want to throw the Warriors and find a, a West, but I just think we match up with all those teams so well at this point, and like I think. Every other team in the league is now shitting themselves when they think about the Celtics. Before they were kind of licking their chops, like we we can take this team down, like Tatum and Brown, young duo, but they they haven't they haven't really cut their teeth enough. Um, they made it to one finals, but you know the the Heat, Jimmy Butler and Bam and Gabe Vincent and fucking Caleb Martin bullied them in the Eastern Conference Finals. You're not everyone looking at the Celtics now is terrified. We're the best team. We're the best team on paper in the NBA. Yeah. yeah, they have to sign Lamar Stevens now, just because they're clearly going for grit and toughness. You've got Drew, you get Lamar Stevens, you've got 
I hate to say it, you got Brissett. You know what I mean? You got <laughs> Al Horford that can play gritty when he needs to. He's not a boy. He's not afraid to bang down low, like pause. But what I'm saying is, like, I'm I'm comfortable signing Lamar Stevens. I don't think there's a team in the NBA with the. No, I can't say that because I'm lying. But the Celtics are the best team in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen the odds updated yet, but I'm sure right now the Celtics are are going to jump back over the the Bucks. I, I think I saw there. somebody in the comments said the Celtics have already. Yeah, been I think I saw that too. Favorite, so yeah. they're they're, they're going to be listed as championship favorites. So it's funny. A few days ago, I was like, hey, this is kind of nice. Now the pressure's off. We're not the favorites anymore. Well, we're right back at it. Three right, days man. later, Drew Holiday. I'm sorry, Dane. Hey, it's a, hey, you know what? It's a, it's a good day to be a Celtics podcaster. I'll tell you that. It is a great day of football Sunday where basketball just jumped in and stole the show. As a quick reminder, tomorrow is media day. Maybe it'll be a Drew Holiday. Maybe, maybe Drew Holiday will make an appearance. We don't know. But we're going to have some more coverage of that tomorrow afternoon after we start to hear. Uh, I'm sure what's going to be some really interesting comments after all this news breaks. Back-to-back years, just chaos before the Celtics go into media day. Uh, Greg, Adam, any final thoughts here? And then if not, we'll uh, we'll let the people get back to their Sunday and we'll we'll jump back at this tomorrow after media day. Uh, just excited about this week. Uh, we got a couple guests coming on. Don't want to announce them just in case things fall through. But um, if you don't follow the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you're subscribing to Green with Envy. Um, we have a couple great guests coming on this week. We're going to be bringing you coverage throughout the season three to four times a week. You know, we'll do some game recaps and all that for those of you that are kind of just tuning in maybe for the first time. You just clicked into this live stream and you're like wondering, you know, you just want to hear people talk about Drew Holiday. Well, we'll be talking about the Celtics all year long. Bye. All right, y'all. We'll catch you guys later. Season's back, baby. Let's, Let's go. get it. Green 18. Peace. Till I hit the floor Every time I get this high It's you I find It don't take much no more Until I'm at your door What can I say? You got me on the floor, you know I came to play. I know I shouldn't, but you seem to take my pain away. And every time I score, Jason Tatum fade away. I close my eyes and I'm floating your river. I call- Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.